Steve and Justin use YCharts for their winning investment research. So start your free trial now. And if you purchase, mention InvestTalk and get a generous discount at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Thursday, July 25th, 2019 edition of Invest Talk. And as always, we are here to help you make the right investment and money-related decisions. And we do that, hopefully, with uh, some unbiased guidance, right? We don't have any skin in the game. We're just trying to give you our perspective, the information that we have, and hopefully get you to come to the right decision for you and your own particular situation. And that's what we do each and every day on Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. I hope you do give me a call with your investing questions during this hour. And if you do that, you can shape the show to your advantage, most of all, and make that next step in financial freedom, your own personal version of financial freedom. So give me a call, 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. That's our anytime listener line. You can call right now live or after hours, leave a message and we'll answer it on the next show. So glad you're with me today. I have a lot to talk about, pretty interesting market. And my main talking point today concerns the claims by one market analyst that the US government broadside against Big tech could cause a stock rally to stumble. So we're going to talk about this potential regulation on Silicon Valley mainly and what effect it could have on not only these companies, but the broader market in general. And his theory is that since big tech stocks are the market leaders, market darlings, negative news on that front will ultimately turn into negative news uh, for the broader market. So hopefully we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to uh, what concerns the market, or at least concerns me or this analyst the most. And then we're gonna also going to get to Tesla's earnings. We had Tesla's earnings yesterday. What did it look like? And what's the latest from the most controversial company, uh, at least in my lifetime? Then chip stocks. Chip stocks have hit an all-time high. And is that bullish? Is it bearish? Uh, what does the backdrop mean for those particular names? And then this is something I really want to get to. And I'm going to say this in a very simple manner. We are on the path to a currency crisis here in the United States. I'm going to talk about why that is, what factors are going on right now in the marketplace. And it directly is a result Sorry, the tax cut is directly a result, not tax cut, the interest rate cut from the Fed is exactly a result of what's happening with our fiscal situation. I'm going to get into those specifics a little later. It can be a little complex, but I think it's very important for everybody to understand what's happening here in the United States because we're the world's global uh, reserve currency, right, the dollar, and how that's going to have effect on the global financial system. So that's what's on my docket for today. That's what I want to talk about, but I want to hear from you. I want to know what's on your mind. 
Let's take a look at the market today. We had a pretty broad based sell off after kind of a, a breakout attempt yesterday, right? The Russell was up big yesterday and you had a continuation of the NASDAQ and the S&P to new highs. But what happened today, it was almost a complete reversal of, of yesterday's move. The IWM closed pretty much slightly above where it was on Tuesday, where it closed Tuesday. Uh, SPY, the S&P 500, that closed right around where the market was uh, on t closed on Tuesday. So you had a pretty big reversal on the broader indexes. And it was pretty interesting, the fact that try to break out on potential Draghi news, but uh, apparently what came out of Europe was not bullish enough for Wall Street. Uh, and even though the, the earnings numbers have come in slightly better than expected so far, we're still in the midst of earnings season, so a long way to go, but the market looks at the Fed, the market looks at central banks, most importantly, and clearly the Fed's news was not good enough for them. So that's where we are in the market today, big reversal, in relation to yesterday's move. That's what I have planned on today's show, but first let's grab a question from our anytime listener line at 888-99-CHART. Hi, uh, my name is Jeff. I'm calling about uh, ETF symbol SDIV, and the Morningstar gives this a rating of one. It pays a very high dividend. It is a, a worldwide high dividend paying ETF. And I just wondered, this having a rating of one, well, how safe is this ETF going to be? Thanks. Well, just like any fund, whether it's a mutual fund or an ETF, it's about the underlying securities within the fund, right? And this is the Global X Super Dividend ETF. So it looks like Look at the yield on this it does yield about 10 percent and the big question is how are they getting that yield are they let me look at the portfolio here hmm top holdings okay so this is a lot of foreign names here uh probably emerging markets look at different makeup yeah so we're at 42 percent u.s stocks 58 percent non-us stocks uh, the fact that Morningstar has a one star tells me a lot about it. Uh, it's risk versus reward doesn't seem that attractive. And this to me is just another example of people that are chasing a dividend. Now, are there good companies out there that pay 10% dividends? Yes, there are. Uh, but for the most part, they're taking undue risk, undue level of risk for what, uh, you know, what you're getting. Uh, and right here, you're just getting a dividend and you're not getting, uh, looks like much capital growth. Let me look at the chart here. Yeah, I mean, this has been in a steady, steady downtrend ever since 2014. That's kind of when the dollar bottomed, right? And started to strengthen. And that's what you're kind of seeing now. One of the big reasons why you're getting underperformance from a lot of value names and a lot of foreign names like this this has right about 50% of portfolios are foreign names so uh, I'm not a fan of it here uh, this let me see the expense ratio expense ratio is 0.58% not super high um, but I don't like it I, I see no reason why you would want to 
uh, take a risk in this type of uh, market with small and mid-cap stocks that are all over the world and has historically poor performance, uh, you know, I just see zero reason why you would want to pick up this name, especially at these levels. Thanks for the call. That was SDIV, the... Global X Super Dividend ETF. Now you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. And while no one can always predict correctly market movements, there is one thing that you can say with certainty, and that is if you are serious about achieving financial freedom, you need to be prepared for the market volatility, prepared for the risk that you're taking in your portfolio. You need to know what that risk is. And if you want to sit down with Steve or myself, you can do that. Uh, you can do it with myself in our Irvine, California office, or you can do it with Steve, and there's a few chances to sit down with him. One is going to be on July 31st and August 29th in San Jose. He has two dates set up. Uh, more dates are available on August 29th. And then on September 19th and 20th, he will be in Manhattan, New York City, for portfolio review appointments. So that is filling up fast. There's a lot of demand to meet with Steve in New York City because, frankly, he's never visited New York City. So this is the first time he'll be in New York City. So to reserve your spot for a complimentary consultation, you can register at investtalk.com. And now I'm taking your questions live at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Summer is moving fast, and your path to financial freedom begins with the right strategy. You've got questions? Steve and Justin have answers. Call now, 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. I hope you give me a call during this hour. We only have... About 35 minutes left, so I urge you to get your call in sooner rather than later. Now, let's take a quick look at some benchmarks. Oil was up, which was interesting uh, today, especially after there's a huge draw. Well, what happened was it was down uh, the other day after a huge draw, which typically would be bullish right off uh, the bat for oil prices. There's a huge draw in inventory. Uh, it was actually up uh, decently today. So oil was at 56.15 a barrel. Gold's now at 14.31. A little bit of pullback. A lot of it has to do with the strong dollar. I'm going to tell you why the dollar has been strong as of late and why currency crisis not necessarily means a weak dollar immediately. The 10-year treasury was at 2.02% the close uh, of yesterday, and it was up pretty decent today, 2.074 at the close today. So a little bit of move up, and like I said, the move out of the ECB was not as, I guess, dovish as a lot of the market participants were expecting. Bitcoin now is at 9,981 per coin. Actually, get a live look at what that price is, because I think this is an interesting. I, I do think cryptocurrencies have a long-term place. I don't know if it's going to be Bitcoin, but yeah, now we're at 99.27. Bitcoin has to stay above 9,000 from a technical perspective. That's kind of where it broke out, and it needs to hold that level. If it doesn't, I could see an easily a return to, you know. Two or three thousand dollars on the Bitcoin price, even though long term I do think there is a place for cryptocurrency in our global system. 
Now, 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is at three and three-quarters, still kind of hovering around that, kind of uh, in relation to what the 10-year treasury is at, which has kind of been hovering around that 2% level for a while now. Now, President Trump's approval rating on the economy has hit 52%, according to Fox News, but a little bit biased there. And we have historic unemployment, best jobs market in 50 years. That's absolutely true. And clearly a very long economic expansion. But in Europe, things are not doing so well, right? There's mild signs of deflation. Some economies are clearly in a recession. Uh, Europeans want to print more money. And they want negative interest rates, which are hurting the European banks. And uh, the Britain, Britain's going to leave the EU later this year. And it's really become a mess there over, over in Europe. And, you know, this populist thing that, you know, you think Trump is part of the populism of America. Populism is a global thing at the moment. So just be understand the global environment that we're in. And the U.S. dollar is strengthening. And I'm going to tell you after this break why that is happening, okay, after this next break. Now, Southwestern Airlines shares were down about 3% earlier today at or near $53 a, a share. And the reason is because they were forced to ground all of their 737 MAX jets until at least January of next year. So that's 34 of the 200, uh, sorry, 750 planes owned by Southwest are these MAX 8 jets. And... Southwest is pulling out of Newark Airport and only will only use LaGuardia Airport. So Boeing shares are obviously down on that news uh, as well. Now Domino's Pizza wants to deliver pizzas using driverless cars. They they called on the Neuro, call on Neuro as uh, their partner with Domino's in Houston, Texas, for a test of this automated pizza delivery. Pretty crazy, right? And I do think this is eventually the future. Um, and it's just more about regulation. You know, regulation, I think, is going to take a lot longer than most people expect. It really is. Let's uh, look at most groundbreaking technology that affects uh, the safety of people. It takes a long time for that to get fully implemented. Now, you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. And let me remind you that the Invest Talk radio program and podcast replays provide a daily dose of market news with our unbiased commentary. And we have a new offering. It's called Invest Talk Academy. It's a weekly online training class that covers a variety of investment topics. And you can watch old lessons as well that are archived. So it's a pretty great value, especially after all of the lessons that Steve and I have done over the past uh, year or so. Now we're heading into a break, and I'm taking your questions now at 888 chart. This is Invest Talk the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener. You may even have called a few times. But if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. We have about 30 minutes left in the show, so get your call in sooner rather than later. What I want to do before we get to our main talking point is to break down for you what's happening now with our U.S. fiscal situation as well as how that relates to the global financial system. And uh, It's going to take a little bit, and hopefully you follow me on this. So I want to start very broadly. 
Uh, and I think we all know that the government has been running, U.S. government is running a massive deficit for a long time now, right? And it gets sometimes better, sometimes worse, but it's been, we've been in a deficit basically since the year 2000, I think, uh, the Clinton end of the Clinton era, uh, we balanced the budget in the late 90s. But since then, it's been getting progressively worse. And like I said, when the economy gets better, it gets a little better. And economy gets worse, it gets a little worse, etc. Right? Until recently, right? You had the tax cuts, as well as you have you have three prongs. You have the tax cuts, which is reducing revenue, and you also have 10,000 baby boomers retiring every single day. So those are new Medicare participants, okay? And then third, on top of that, you have President Trump, who's now on the discretionary spending side, has that level has gone up to levels not seen since 2009 when we were in the depths of the recession. So He's spending more than Obama did for seven out of his eight years when it comes to discretionary spending, okay? So the spending side is going up for that reason as well as what would be the off-balance sheet liabilities of the, of the United States, which are you know future uh, entitlement uh, entitlements that are now becoming on-balance sheet, right? And so for a long time, foreign governments have been buying our debt, buying all of this debt, this funding this massive deficit. And in 2014, that changed. It become foreign governments were no longer net buyers of treasuries. They became either neutral or net sellers since then, okay? Now, how did we continue on with these deficits? What funded it? Well, it was regulation, regulation around banks, domestic banks particularly, and the new rules said that if you are a bank and you bought treasuries, it did not count against capital, risk capital. So your le- it wasn't counted as leverage on your balance sheet. So you were getting income, but it wasn't counted towards uh, the, the leverage requirements of your balance sheet, okay? So, but now we're at a level, as of a, a year or two ago, they've bought as much as they need to, much as they can, right? And what's happened recently is that Foreign banks really stopped buying because the cost to hedge the dollar became too expensive. And so the private capital, you and me and investors and mutual funds and ETFs, we are the ones that are funding the deficit, this massive amount of issuance that's happening here in the United States. And what that's doing is it's pulling dollars out of the system, right? The banks can create dollars through the fractional reserve system, right? They basically create dollars. So when they go buy treasuries, it's new dollar funding within the market. When it's individuals, we can't create dollars. When it's uh, investment firms, we can't create dollars. We just use dollars to buy treasuries. And that's taking dollars out of the system. And that is why you're seeing this strong dollar. And the reason, the reason that the Fed is going to cut rates next week is because they need to ease policy, ease the tightening liquidity situation because dollars are flooding out of the system and into treasuries and eventually they're going to need to monetize the debt. That's what's going to happen. That's what happened in Europe, what happened in Japan. We're no different. It's the same system. So that's where we're at today. I Hopefully that was a, a basic rundown of where we are and while why this massive deficit that is only going to get worse because there are 10,000 baby boomers retiring each and every day. 
And those off-balance sheet liabilities are coming on balance sheet, requiring dollars in the system to fund it. That is causing or going to cause a currency crisis down the line because of this massive deficit because foreign governments are not going to continue to fund our lack of fiscal discipline here in the United States. And that is why the Fed is easing even with Unemployment near 50-year lows. Yes, the economy is weakened, but it's weakening from a place of, of relative strength, right? From, you know, 2018 was a pretty strong year economically, even though equity markets didn't do so hot, right? The asset markets didn't do so hot. The, the real estate market didn't do so hot. But the economy was relatively strong for the year. Now this year it's weakening, but typically... The Fed waits for a little more weakness, but they see the problems and the plumbing of the system and know that they're eventually going to need to go to QE again, QE4, and that's why we're in the situation we're at today. Now, on tomorrow's Invest Talk, one analyst claims you will need a five-point plan for surviving the coming stock market downturn. Is he right? What does he recommend? But now we go to break, and here's my market trivia question for today. The price of oil affects our economy and the average closing price for a barrel of oil this year. In 2019, it's $57.49. And looking at the chart for the past 32 years in which in which the year was uh, in which oil was at the highest cost, in which the year is I'm confused at this question. I'm passing on this question. I was trying to read this question, but it was too confusing. So I'm gonna go to a break. I'm Justin Klein. I'm ready to take your questions now at 888-99-CHART. To win, all effective investors use a process. And listeners call InvestTalk every day asking to share our winning process. And they too can win using the right analytical tools. Just what do we use as our everyday go-to research tool? Y-Charts. It's a cloud-based financial research platform. It is indispensable. YCharts has the powerful tools of a terminal combined with the ease of use of a modern website. We use YCharts every day. YCharts is easy to navigate, visually awesome, and informative. YCharts has filters driven by thousands of metrics, Excel integration, and data visualization to create charts that compare stocks, funds, indices, and more. If you're a serious investor, you'll understand that the precision functionality in YCharts is not free. But YChart has more horsepower and by far better data and filters compared to a giveaway tools from Yahoo or Google. YCharts is a fraction of the cost of something like Bloomberg Terminal. And now our listeners can try YCharts for free. You just heard Steve and Justin endorse YCharts. It's the lightning fast research, data filter, and charting tool they use every day for their investment portfolios. Think about it. Steve is right. Free software cannot come close to the power, speed, ease of use, and practical functionality of YCharts. And serious investors understand that YCharts can pay for itself with just one or two targeted investment selections. So here's your chance to take advantage of a free trial and a generous YCharts discount. Start by mentioning InvestTalk when you go to YCharts.com. Get serious. Get Y-Charts. This is Invest Talk, and here's a reminder. Steve Peasley has expanded his portfolio review schedule. 
Due to strong demand, Steve has added an additional date for San Jose, August 29th, and he will now be in New York City for two days, September 19th and 20th. Register now at investtalk.com. Justin Klein is here now, taking your calls live. 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Now, before the break, I stumbled on the trivia question, but I will get to it now. In what years, over the last 32 years, was oil the highest? And where was the, when was it the lowest? Well, it was the highest. Actually, I'll start with the lowest. The lowest was in 1998. It was at, on average at $14.42 a barrel. Extremely low. Think about that gas prices. I remember that gas prices were a dollar gallon. It was pretty crazy. And the highest was actually in 2008 at $99.67. It just shows you how quickly the price of any asset can can change. Think about it. It's only a decade. And a decade seems like a long time, but in the grand scheme of things, in the history of markets, 10 years is nothing. So uh, the fact that it moved that quickly, that fast, just shows that the change in the value of the dollar, as well as sentiment. A lot of investment went into commodities and that was a big, big factor in moving the price of oil was just an influx of money trying to speculate on the price. Let's go to Lee in San Mateo asking about Google. Yes. How are you? I'm well. Are you looking to buy it, sell it? Yeah. Well, I own a few, uh, both A and B, excuse me, C, and I was thinking of getting rid of it with all the things happening. And today, I think, I don't know if I'm not mistaken, it went up pretty high, didn't it? You're talking about Google, correct? Is it a good time, yeah, to get rid of it? Or should I... Yeah, I do think it is, you know, had the reason it went up to after hours, it wasn't actually today, it was after the market closed, was they had earnings, uh, and earnings uh, obviously okay. beat, and now it went from $1,132 at the close to somewhere in the 1225 range. So decent pop, but still well below the high back in April, late April, it was at 12, $1,290 a, a share. So I still don't see, I, I love Google long-term, let's just say that. I love the company long-term. Valuation-wise, I see a lot of issues uh, because simply it's just uh, it's just very expensive. Uh, enterprise value to, uh, to revenue is about five times and they're not growing. Earnings per share is quarter over quarter. Uh, you're, sorry, year over year is down 28%. So earnings picture is not quite as rosy as the valuations like to uh, say it is. So I like the company long-term, but I, I also have an eye on Washington. That's part of our main talking point is how much is how much are politicians going to crack down on the Google ecosystem, which I think a lot. I think they have an eye for the fact that they have a dominant market share, 90 plus percent of the search market is owned by Google. And typically when something like that happens, it changes the regulatory environment uh, in Washington. And clearly that's happening now. So I would use this as an opportunity to at least cut back and wait for the dust to settle when it comes to the regulatory environment, as well as, you know, they're an ad company. The bottom line is 
Google is an ad company. If you go into a recession, one of the number one places businesses cut are ad spending. And so you easily could see a, a decline in that business as well. So uh, I'm not a big fan of Google here and today over the next few years, but longer term, I do have it on my watch list to buy probably at a much cheaper level. So I hope that answers your question, Lee. Yes. Thanks for the call. Thank you so much. No problem. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. And that's a good segue into our main talking point, And that is how big tech could cause the the market to roll over. And the reason is because the Justice Department has launched a broad antitrust investigation into the likes of Google, as well as Amazon, Facebook, and Apple. I think Apple's probably safer from regulation than most of the others simply because there's a clear competitor in android and other smartphones who have still much a large market share the biggest worry with apple is just their app store and the ecosystem there and the fact that they take 30 percent of the revenue of every dollar that it comes into the app store right and so are they, do they have a, an unfair advantage, unfair position? That's going to be argued and has been argued, okay? But when it comes to the other names, they have much larger market share for the most part. And they have a lot more control over the narrative of news and control over customer demands and likes and data, right? Amazon's a good example. What they've been doing is they have retailers go on their platform, they sell through Amazon, which helps the retailers a lot. But what Amazon does is looks at the most popular items because they have all the data of what's being bought on their site and they take that information and they say, well, let's go produce that cheaper and put that out as Amazon Basics. You remember, I'm sure everyone's bought an Amazon Basics product. Well, they know based on the retailers that they should be going and finding a producer to produce Amazon Basic products at a much lower cost, undercut their competition who they learn from, right? So that's a type of situation that perpetuates Amazon's dominance. The fact that they know how they know where the products uh, are being sold or where they where they should focus their work and their efforts, and they take market share, and that's a very monopolistic type of activity. Okay. Now, when it comes to the market, we're at thirty plus percent of the S P five hundred allocated to tech stocks. And typically, when any industry gets over thirty percent of the S P five hundred, that's typically a marker of somewhere near a peak now it could be today or yesterday it could be a month from now it could be a year from now but we're probably near a relative peak and if you look at the relative strength index it is diverging that is obviously a negative sign and it's happening a low volume lack of conviction there so big money managers aren't buying it and this rally is mainly driven like i said before about the interest rate cuts and the momentum crowd and the narrative behind that activity. Not necessarily the fundamentals of the market, fundamentals of the businesses. It's just, oh, the Fed's going to ease. I'm going to buy into that narrative. And I could easily see a buy the rumor, sell the news thing because the smart money, once again, is not buying this rally. And 
any negative, big negative news, negative change in sentiment towards those tech stocks because of this antitrust litigation is likely going to have a much larger effect on the broader indexes than it typically does. And the Republicans and Democrats, they just struck a deal. They agreed on something. They raised the debt limit, and now it's likely to reach $35 trillion by 2030. That's a little over a decade from now. Okay, so they're agreeing on a lot of things, including, I think, this tech regulation that is coming down the pipeline that should have a major effect on the market. I'm Justin Klein. You're listening to Invest Talk. And I assume that you are looking to grow your wealth, right? And that's why you're here. In order to do that, you need to not only make good investment choices, good savings choices, but you need to have a judgment process. And many of us, most of us, because we're emotional beings, fear and greed creeps into that process. And like we talk about all the time on Invest Talk, is you want to look at the facts and the figures, the store, the history of trends and assets and understand your investment comfort zone in relation to that history. Not based on, oh, what happened last year or last month or even the last three years. Talking 10, 15, 20 years through different cycles. So it's important to calibrate your risk tolerance with your overall portfolio and you can start that process by using our free online risk analysis tool over at investtalk.com. But now I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial. If, to any degree, you are unsure about the consistency of your skill set with regard to managing your portfolio, now may be a smart time for you to ask KPP principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein for individualized guidance. You can start with a no-obligation phone call to the KPP Financial Office in Irvine, California, or send Steve and Justin a message through investtalk.com. The InvestTalk Radio and Podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. Call with questions. 888-99-CHART. Let's go to Jay in San Jose. He wants to talk about investing in the market. Yeah. Hey, hi, Justin. Thanks for the program. This is a really nice program. Uh, I have a quick question. So I got out from the market in December last year. Uh, didn't quite get in. Okay. So I wanted to know if this is the right time to get in and what is the strategy you apply instead of getting in and out? What would you suggest? Well, that's an assor- historically a difficult task of when to get in and out, um, right? If you if we knew that, then I probably wouldn't be doing the show. I'd be sitting there trading the markets and getting in and out and sitting on a beach somewhere, right? Um, now, you have to look at the odds, though. That's what investing about is about. It's about playing, uh, finding the right risk versus reward, the right uh, investment philosophy and strategy that is right for you and your own personality because everybody is going to have some emotions when it comes to investing how emotional are you see a five percent drop in your portfolio do you freak out and sell right are you notoriously worried or uh, are you one that just kind of lets it set it sets it and forget it type of thing though those are all questions you have to ask for yourself now what i'll tell you about the market right now is it's 
relatively expensive. It's not the most expensive it's ever been in history. I'll tell you that. Uh, we're going into a weakening environment economically. Uh, how weak it's going to get, that's hard to know. How much are central banks really going to push on uh, this liquidity lever that they have and try to get people to borrow and spend even more and extend the economic expansion, right? Uh, technically, we're at kind of tri triple, quadruple top in the market. It's trying to break out, but it hasn't broken out to any, uh, what I would call impulsively, right? Yesterday was a pretty impulsive move on the overall broad markets, uh, especially the small caps. And that was a positive if it was going to continue, if you saw multiple days like that, but we only saw one and really a, a, a reversal today. So I don't think now is a fabulous time to get in the market. Now, are there opportunities? Absolutely. But question, Jay, are you buying index funds? Are you buying mutual funds, bonds, commodities? What type of investments are you looking at? So uh, basically, it's a small portfolio with just index funds. Just got started okay. like a year or ago so not much into it and that's why i mm -hmm. got in out because i don't really know i've been listening to your show sometime and i realized that that's a mistake but probably it was for listening to your talk show and i've got out so uh, that's why got it. i'm not really sure well, well, if you're investing in broad index funds, you know I don't think the broad indexes are, are that attractive. Now, could we have a melt-up situation here over the next six to nine months? I think that's certainly possible. Um, I still don't think it's likely based on the underlying fundamentals and trends within different industries of the market. Uh, but there are opportunities. Like I said, I've talked about gold for the past uh, three to six months now that I think it's a, a great time to get into gold. Now, it's ran. It's over... over uh, overbought. Uh, it's starting to pull back a little bit today. But on a pullback, I think those are that's a great time to be adding to your position uh, in the precious metal markets, gold, silver, etc. So I do think there's opportunity. There's always opportunity. Never, oh, I want all in or all out. That's Unless you have limited options, then that doesn't make sense. But if you have an IRA or any type of brokerage account, there's always options, individual stocks, bonds, uh, ETFs that are attractive. So I hope that helps with your decision, Jay. Thanks for calling. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. We are about to go into the last segments of Invest Talk. So if you're going to call, you want to do it ASAP. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and we have one goal here on Invest Talk each and every weekday, and that is to help you achieve your own personal version of financial freedom. And if you call us, ask your question, then more specifically, we can answer your question to make help you make that next step. And our work continues after this break. So get your questions in now at 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, one analyst claims that you will need a five point plan for surviving the coming stock market downturn. Is he right? And what does he recommend? That story tomorrow. But now Justin Klein is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. 888 99Chart. Let's go to Tom in San Francisco. How are you doing, Tom? 
Uh, good, Justin. How are you? Doing well. You're looking at Sumatomo? Uh, no, actually, uh, Simply Good Foods, S-M-P-L. S-M-P-L. Say, Simply what? Good Foot? Ah, S-M-P-L. Yeah, Got, it. SMP. Got it. S-M-P-L. Got it. Okay, uh, let me take a look at this. Is a developer, marketer, brand in nutritional food and snack products. What do you know about the business? I think uh, it's coming from the Atkinson diet or something. So they okay. can be manufactured a lot of protein, protein rich food. Gotcha. Okay, revenues are up 30% year over year last quarter. Earnings up 60% year over year. So that's pretty good. Uh, the chart is very strong. It's certainly been overbought after this recent move from about 23 all the way to 27. And now we're trying to con consolidate. I could easily see this kind of pulling back into that 25 range. And from a technical perspective, that's where I would like to pick it up. Now, valuation-wise, it's at a $2 billion market cap, very little debt, which I like. Enterprise value to EBITDA is about 25, which is a little rich for my blood. But you know, an environment where people want to eat healthy and they are looking for fast ways to uh, you know get their protein, get the things that they need in their body, I could easily see this continuing to be uh, to grow and be more of a secular growth company uh, at a two billion dollar market cap. Uh, I don't mind that. I really don't mind that. So um, from a you know be a small cap growth name. Decent valuation. It's not crazy overvalued. Certainly not cheap, uh, but it's going to have to continue to grow into that, uh, that that growth or into that valuation, right? With continued growth that you've seen recently, uh, and that growth starting to pick up. Like I said, revenues up thirty percent year over year, where last, previous quarter was only up thirteen percent year over year. So that's accelerating, which I like. Um, so I kind of like it. Simply Goodfoot S M P L. Let's go to Alan in Pleasanton, looking at L Brands. Hey Justin. Hey, um, you know, I have been in this stock now for, I think it was just about a year ago, um, and uh -huh. I know you were really a big proponent of the stock at that time. It was, I think, in the 30s, and I'm just getting crushed on this thing. I mean, it's just continuing to go down, and I'm just wondering what your thoughts are about it now. Uh, I still really like it. I think the valuation uh, is still very cheap. Uh, you know, their their business uh, is continuing to transition uh, from being very dominated by Victoria's Secret, which is still one of the best brands in the world. And I think if that is run a little bit better, then you're going to see the stock really, really take off. But there's an undervalued or under talked about aspect of this business, and that is Bath and Body Works, uh, and it's growing at a double digit clip even in a retail environment that's tough. So it's one of the rare business models that are working in malls and, and other areas. So still doing very, very well. Uh, pays a, a solid, nice 4.5% dividend. And from the enterprise value to EBIT perspective, you're only at paying at 6.5 times. So just like any deep value play, you're going to have to wait till the narrative cha changes. And it's going to, you know, that'd be just one big quarter where suddenly revenues are growing again, right? Last quarter, they were flat year over year. Earnings were down 18%. Uh, but overall, I think they're they're turning around. If you look at the chart, it, it looks to be bottoming. The MACD is crossed over on the monthly. Uh, its relative strength is 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 definitely improving from 
where it was about six months ago. So I still love it. Uh, we, we like the name, uh, and it's a, one of our best value plays, I think, long-term, and you're getting a nice 4.5% dividend while you wait. So I still like it, Alan. All right. Well, the dividend's great. It's just when you're down 20 25%, that 4% dividend doesn't go very far. Yeah, but with a name that has uh, such high short interest and such negative uh, sentiment towards it, you know, one good earnings announcement can easily, quickly erase uh, that 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 loss. Uh, and I think that'll happen over the next uh, 12 months or so. It's just like a growth stock, right? When a growth stock is growing really, really well, and suddenly they have growth, but it's not quite as good as expected, the stock craters. Uh, and vice versa with deep value names where, you know, the growth is not that hot, uh, their, their businesses are still trying to figure some things out. And as soon as they figure that out and the sentiment changes, the stock pops pretty fast. So I think that's likely what will eventually happen. Maybe not this quarter, maybe not next quarter, but eventually on L Brands because of the strong brand of Victoria's Secret and Bath and Body Works. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. Thank you for your loyal support and questions. Please come back tomorrow. Steve will be here to share highlights from the KP Premium Butter. I return on Monday. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.